Hello listeners, you're listening to Katrina Logie and People on the Grid in collaboration with Spain in English, where we showcase innovative people and projects in tech, innovation, positive impact and wellness. You can hear us on M21 Madrid Live, Saturdays at 4pm, and we upload the podcast recording of the show each Thursday on iTunes. She told me at the baseline and everything will be all right. She told me that the groove is Good afternoon and we're back in the studio and we have an exciting show for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, conflict management, uh, diversity and equality. And also, um, yeah, actually, I'm going to introduce my guest today, Raz, Razwana Wahid. Hello, Razwana. Hello, Katrina. And you are going to be here talking about all these exciting topics today. Indeed. And you are from England, mm -hmm. from Yorkshire in yeah. particular. Yeah. But uh, origin, Pakistan? Yes. Okay. My are from Pakistan, yeah. Nice. We, we like uh, multicultural <laughs> people in the uh, studio. And uh, so, we, we, yeah, we want to hear about, you know, your story first. We're going to do a little bit of an intro. Um, you can actually hear our shows also on Thursdays. We upload the shows on uh, iTunes every Thursday. So uh, if you can't listen in, then uh, we'll be, you know, putting it on the podcast. So, Razwana, tell us about you and, yeah, you, I mean, I, so you're a communication specialist and you specialize in leadership, emotional intelligence, conflict management, mm -hmm and influencer, influencing mm. and persuasion. So can you sort of uh, explain your, a little bit about your background? Mm. Well, I, so I'm, I'm British and I hopped around London and Paris before I came to Barcelona. And in that time, I guess, I spent around seven years as a product, project and change manager in the financial services industry. Um, sounds boring, but I loved it because it involves a lot of change, involves a lot of um, persuading of people to give us more budgets or get the project done on time and a lot of um, traveling. So I was involved in many different cultures, you know, traveling from China to Germany to Spain to the US all in a space of three weeks. You know, it was a great journey. And then um, I decided that I would leave my job and start a writing company. So I was a copywriter for a few years, still am. Mm. And in that time, I'd uh, had a lot of, I guess, uh, difficulties with my family. And I wasn't able to persuade them that the way I live is okay. You know, my family being Pakistani have a lot of judgment towards me as a woman living on my own and not being married and, you know, living abroad without my family and not having a husband to take care of me and not really understanding that I don't need a man to take care of me. Um, and so I decided to take uh, some courses on uh, self-leadership and mm. leadership of elders, just to see if I can at least use my own emotional intelligence and, and the development of that to make the relationship, relationship with my family a bit better. And as I kind of tested out a few of the things that I learned, I realized actually this is something that I wouldn't mind teaching. At the same time, the guy that was training me um, asked if I wanted to become a trainer. 
And so I, I went through a, a training program to become a trainer. And so now I spend about 80% of my time writing. So I'm, I, I write um, internal communications and email marketing for companies. And 20% of my time I'm uh, teaching and training. I see. So where are your clients based? Uh, mostly here in the city. Right, in Barcelona. Uh, yeah, and some in London, some in Paris. And, yeah. and sort of, you know, is there a demand here in, in Barcelona for English writing? Uh, I, I wouldn't say there's a demand as such, because I think culturally here, there is a real um, hierarchical approach to business, especially in the traditional local companies. And they don't really see the need for training, this kind of softer skills training, mm. whereas the more international companies that probably have similar training in their offices in London or in the US uh, embrace it a bit more. I see. So mm. you go in, you train, and you write, basically. Uh, depending on what the client needs, yes. Okay, perfect. And, you know, what sort of clients do you work with? Um, I've worked with um, the Entrepreneurs' Organization, uh, with ADP. Uh, I've done some training with Mercer, so large international companies. Okay, yeah. so they, they have a demand for this. I can tell that you're a writer just by looking at your website. <laughs> Thank, thank, thank goodness, hey! Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And also your your LinkedIn profile—it's not like a serious LinkedIn profile. It's oh no, it can't be a serious like you know. I bring lots of innovation to the company. No, kill me. It used to be, my profile used to be like that. Yeah, <laughs> and I changed it because um, it has to be interesting to read, right? When someone comes to your profile totally. on LinkedIn, I quite agree. Um, you can make them fall asleep very quickly. Yes. with your words or you can make them pay attention yeah. and uh, LinkedIn is quite limited I think because you can't use colours you can't change uh, words from bold to italic or anything like this you've got to play around with the um, how the profile is laid out um, and how much space you put between your words whether you use bullet points or not you've got to really be quite creative yeah are you creative? Uh, with LinkedIn yes <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's and good. In general, I would say I am. I, I couldn't be a writer if I wasn't creative. But we no. all are, no? We no, all that's are. true. That's true. In, in some ways. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, it, we all have it. We just, we just have to know how to express it. Absolutely. Yeah. In the best form. Mm. So writing is, is your creativity. I was, what was my, well, my creativity is, is content creation. Great. So, yeah. So that's, that's what I specialize in and come up with uh, ideas, you know, how to attract the right audience. Mm. So, um, and also um, in terms of, you know, writing and, and you know, you t writing and, and training, I, I, do you do, um, I sort of get the impression you do stand up as well, do you? <laughs> yeah, I've started to. Dabbling, I'm dabbling. Yeah? Yeah. I had my third, only five minutes, so five minutes on stage, third performance on uh, Sunday night. Mm. And it's going really well. I'm getting really a taste for it. Yeah. I love telling stories. And so, and I, and I, and I love, um, I, don't, I don't think I love entertaining as much, but I like making people laugh. Um, and I got it from my parents because they, my dad died, my mom is still alive, and they're both very, uh, very witty people. Quick witted. Yeah, so I enjoy that. So putting that together and, and, and getting me on stage, I, I really enjoy it. I get a real buzz from it. Do you? I bet yeah. you do. And, and what about improv? Have you done improv? Scares the living daylights out of me. I don't think I would give it a try. Okay. I'm, all, I'm already feeling the fear of improv right now. <laughs> well, the, I mean, it's very much thinking on the on the spot, isn't it? Mm. So uh, there's no script, nothing. You just have to go with it. Yeah. Which okay. um, which is a bit like radio, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to play a song, and we'll come back and hear more about your story. And uh, the first song is 
Leave a Light On by Tom Walker. The second someone mentioned you were all alone I could feel the trouble coursing through your veins Now I know It's got a hold Just a phone call left unanswered had me sparking now These cigarettes won't stop me wondering where you are Don't let go Keep a hold if you look into the distance, there's a house upon the hill Guiding like a lighthouse, it's a place where you'll be safe to feel like grace Cause we've all made mistakes, if you've lost your way yeah, I'll leave the light on For a darker place to hide That's alright But if you carry on abusing You'll be robbed from us I refuse to lose another friend to drugs Just come home Don't let go if you look into the distance, there's a house upon the hill Guiding like a lighthouse, it's a place where you'll be safe to feel our grace Cause we've all made mistakes, if you've lost your way I'll leave the light on You're back with, I was about to say, with Katrina. You are back with Katrina and People on the Grid in collaboration with Spain in English, which is an online newspaper. You can read the news uh, converted from Sp Spanish to English um, so that you get updated on, you know, what's going on in Spain, which is very useful. Um, okay, so we are here today talking about leadership, conflict management, and also diversity and integration, shall we say. And Razwana is with us in the studio this afternoon, Saturday afternoon. I hope you're having a nice Saturday out and about. And we are talking about all these uh, topics that Razwana specializes in. And you basically came to Barcelona how long ago? Uh, it'll be two years in April. Two, only two years? Yeah, yeah, still quite new, but feel quite settled. 
Do you? Yeah, very much so. Because you started your working life in London. I did, yeah. Then you were in London for how long? Uh, almost three years. Really? Yeah. Not long? No, not at all. How did you, do you, I mean, do you like London? I love London. I love the energy of the city. I love the grey skies. You know, I love how busy it is. I love the food. Um, I love the people. Um, but I was very poor <laughs> in London. I was very poor in London. Um, and actually, when I left my job, um, I left it to take a little break and just figure out what I want to do with my life, as you do when you're approaching 30. And then um, a company approached me and said, we've been recruiting for someone of your profile for almost a year. Can you come and, and interview with us? Um, and they were in Paris. And I thought, OK, I'll, I'll go along and see see what's up. You know, I, I didn't have any plans of moving out of London at all. I never, ever thought I would leave Britain. Aged 30? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I was, um, yeah, 28, 28, 30. Um, and so I went to Paris, had interviews with five different people, an exhausting day, and they made me an offer at the end of, at the, end of the day. And uh, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do Paris for six months and we'll see how it goes. And four and a half years later, I finally left, left the city. Who were you, you working for in Paris? Sodexo. Oh, Sodexo. Because, yeah. of course, they're owned by... French, the French, aren't they're, they? they're they're a French company. French yeah. company, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. but big, massive, huge. Yeah, nineteen billion turnover. Family owned still, but um, yeah, huge company, great company to work for. I loved working there. Did you? What was mm. your role there? I was a project manager, and effectively, I mean, Sodexo <clears throat> are known for their uh, food services, right? They mainly do a catering. That's the biggest part of their company. Um, but I work for the financial services part. So, you know, you have um, meal, t meal tickets and gift cards that you can give to your employees. Yeah. Uh, well, this part of the business created those and they had a bunch of products that were just paper. So they had vouchers that, that people would give their employees every day. And uh, my job was to turn those vouchers into payment cards. Right. So like credit cards, but not credit cards. And so I was a bit of a, a car technology geek. Still am a little bit. Yeah? Do you like the sort of the technical part? Yeah, yeah. I worked in IT. Oh. So I worked on the technical side. Yeah, because yeah. here in Spain, I think they give meal vouchers that, to go out in restaurants. Exactly. Those. Exactly. That's what Sodexo do. They do that as yeah. well. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about the Sodexo, the, the quality of the catering side. Mm. How is that? Um, well, I, I would say the quality is quite high. I've yeah. experienced, well, I, I've only ever really experienced them in the Sodexo offices, mm. really. Um, but I guess for me, the quality was high, but I was living in Paris. So food in Paris, I mean. It was amazing how they branched out into so many places. Mm. I mean, UK used them. Yes. In many yes. uh, places. I mean, where, give an example of where they were in the UK. Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't. I don't know if they are. Well, th they're certainly not as big in the UK as they are in France, understandably, because they started in France. Yeah. Um, but I would say that I, I can't think of any large chains that I have seen the Sodexo um, uh, branding in. Right. Um, but in in the UK, I know they did a lot of childcare voucher stuff. Okay. They did a lot of government schemes, actually. Right. More no, than I'd sort of consumer. Yeah, I think um, I certainly came across them in 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 offices or somewhere like that. Mm. I just sort of you know trying to remember, and I also think I may have worked with them as a company at management consultants. Ah, okay. So that's maybe why the name is like yeah, you know, imagining I'm I'm going back in uh, time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so in so in Paris, you were there. For, how was it living in Paris actually? Paris for me was one of those cities that. 
you know, I'd walk around and every so often I'd look at the architecture and think, I can't believe I live here. It's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful city. It's yeah. so beautiful. Um, and, you know, there's lots to do as a, for an expat and for a, for, a, for a local, of course, for a Parisian. There's lots to do, a lot of energy, great bars, good food scene, lots of live music. Really enjoyed it. Um, but if you want to integrate with the Parisians, it can be quite a challenge. Um, and I found making friends a challenge in, in Paris because people really had their set groups and they didn't really want to expand their groups much. So it took a lot of work to make friends there outside of outside the office. Right. Mm. And here in Barcelona, you find it easier to make friends. Completely. Yeah. I, um, how, I think how, do you, how did you make friends? How did you start to make friends here? Um, a few different ways, actually. First off, a friend of mine in Paris had a couple of friends living here already. Mm-hmm. So I connected with them and they connected me to, to some more friends. So that kind of became a circle. And then actually when I, uh, when I came here to visit, I decided to use Tinder to, meet, <laughs> to, meet, That's a really good to idea. meet people. So the first guy I met on Tinder, uh, we became friends instantly. And he introduced me to his uh, friends group. And I think I gained about 20 new people in my life through, through one connection. Wow. Yeah. And then I went to um, the Barcelona business lunch. Yes. Uh, And I met some people there and now they're good friends and I met their friends. And so it kind of became this chain reaction afterwards. So I kind of made I think I made about six months worth of effort of really going out and meeting people. You put yourself out. Yeah. Inviting them for lunch, being really proactive. And now it's all kind of coming back to me. So now I get the invitations and obviously being part of the PWN um, opens my network up anyway. But um, I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm lucky with how many friends I have. but I have put the work in. Yes. As you know, building well, a community. Yes, you, exactly. You have to put a lot of work in. Yes, you do. Especially when it's a community you don't know. Mm. If you're, you know, it's all brand new. Mm. Um, and so, you know, in terms of when you lived in Paris and you were working for a company, then you decided to work on your own. Yeah. And how was that? You know, making the choice from working for a company to being on your working mm. independently. Well, uh, my biggest value is freedom. Um, is it? Yeah. And so What are your other values? <laughs> <laughs> Honesty and courage. Great. I've had them tattooed on my arm in Urdu. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, they're so important to me. Amazing. To remind me that I have to or I want to connect my life to those values and, and they make me happy. Yes. Stuff that makes me feel courageous, um, where I can be honest and authentic in myself and where I have freedom is like the perfect mix. I'm I'm Good combination. Person, yeah. So freedom yeah. is important. Yeah, freedom is important. And Very so, important. So being autonomous gives you that freedom. Yeah, absolutely. For positives and negatives, I guess. Yeah, because <laughs> as we were saying, you know, it's like, you know, I'm a bit like you. I, I was working for a company, you know, all companies uh, until I decided that my boss actually said, you know, you are much more suited to be out of the office. Mm. And then I took the leap out of the office. Okay. And never went back. (laughs) So that was that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, last year I considered getting a job when things weren't going so well with my business. And I thought maybe I should. But every time I thought of having to have a boss and someone to answer to, I was like, no, I think I'm going to continue... Doing my own thing. It's all good. <laughs> as long as I'm free <laughs> or I feel free. Yeah, I think collaborations is a good way mm. to work. Mm. Agreed. Yeah, I think for me that's uh, a much better way of working because then you have control of that domain mm. Mm. and you're working in collaboration with them and you already, and then you're working with a team of people. Yeah, absolutely. So, but you still have the freedom. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And actually, when you're, when you're autonomous, you can decide who you collaborate with. 
Totally. And you pick people that, you, you know, you have an energy match and you have an ideas match and they bring stuff to the table that you don't and it all works really well. Exactly. Mm. Well, I mean, it's all about the future of work, isn't it? The young ge younger generation. They yeah, absolutely. All, you know, about uh, giving trust and making sure that, you know, they, they don't have to work in a... Well, you know, let's talk about, you know, they, giving them trust. They don't have to work in an office. Mm. They can be remote mm. as long as they get the work done. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so we'll go to another song. And the next song is Dancing With Myself, chosen by Razwana here. <laughs> And the mirror's reflection I'm a dancing all with myself And when there's no one else inside In the crowd and lonely night Well, I wait so long for my love vibration And I'm dancing all with myself It'll give me time to think If I had a chance as a woman to dance And I'd be dancing all with myself with myself and you're listening to Katrina and people on the grid and Razwana you chose that song and tell me why you chose that song um, because when I go running I listen to it do you <laughs> I do dance a lot 
by myself in my apartment. Do you? Instead of cleaning it. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Cleaning and running around with the with the Hoover <laughs> and the whatever. It's a good way to get the cleaning done. Isn't yeah, it? absolutely. And where do you go running? Um, depends on the weekend. I'll go along the beach. So I'll run down. I live near Sagrada Familia, so I'll run down and then go along Barcelona up to as far as I can go, depending on how long I'm running. And then during the week, I'll just go up Diagonal. Really? Mm. Along the, the, the strip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm training for a half marathon at the moment, so... Great. I'm running the Paris half marathon, so I've got to really get my run on. <laughs> Wowee. So is that the first one you've done? First uh, race, yeah. I did the 10K uh, on New Year's Eve here, um, which was really fun. Great, on New Year's Eve. So, I didn't so know they did one. Anymore. Yeah, every year, apparently. Great idea. People should they Nassos, yeah. So do you set goals when it comes to January? Uh, yes and no. Um, previous years I have set goals and this year I've just set some intentions. So my intention is to build healthy habits. Yes. And uh, to uh, follow through on my commitments. Good idea. Yeah. There are two things I'm focusing on this year, so we'll see how I do. Commitments, as in, give me an example. Uh, when I commit to going running three times a week, I actually get Dude. my rear out of bed even though it's dark and cold. <laughs> so far, so good. Good, good, yeah. good, good. I run in Parkwell, which is very nice. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because I used to live in a Champlain. I, you know, mm. running along the pavement, it was kind of, mm. kind of, it's hard work, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, torturous on your joints. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, I felt it and uh, missed those green spaces. Mm. So, as which London has lots of. Oh, gosh, yeah. I miss the green of London. Yes. I realise how green this city isn't when I go back to England. And, uh, yes. And, and see the lush of the trees. Exactly. Yeah, I miss it. It's funny, actually, that we're sort of like in a basement of, of sort of cement. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a good way to describe it. <laughs> and a few palm trees here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can see the green surrounding, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's good to sort of be on top of that. Mm. And yeah, so when you sort of left Paris, you came to Barcelona. Why did you come to Barcelona rather than go back to London? Um, because I, so when I go back to England now, I don't really feel like it's my home. I don't feel connected to Britain, as in I don't feel like I'm home when I go home. I'm nostalgic, of course, and I recognize everywhere I go, but I don't feel like I belong there anymore. And when I left Paris, I left because I didn't really see my future in the city. And I wanted to be somewhere warm with a beach close by, but still busy enough to keep me interested. And Barcelona is one of those places that has nature plus city, mm. great connections to other parts of Spain, plus good airport connections too. So... Yeah, I just needed a change of scenery, really. It made sense. Mm. Mm -mm. So, you know, in terms of your your parents, do they have ex In terms of, like, do they have arranged marriages still? Is that something? That yeah, 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 absolutely. My parents, my parents didn't meet before they got married. Do they know? I, and I had an arranged marriage when I was 20, and I ended fairly quickly. Wow. Uh, arranged marriages do still happen, um, but they're not... You know, I think a lot of people have this misconception that you don't meet each other at all and one day you're married and that's it, you've got to make it work. It's a little bit more refined than that. You know, your parents, if you ask your parents to arrange your marriage, they'll they'll ask in the community that who's who's available, you know, who's single uh, and close to your age and, and similar to you. And then you're introduced and, and you speak and you decide whether you want to be married or not or you get to know each other over, over a period of time. Wow. That didn't happen to me when I was 20, though. It was different back then. But now for sure it's uh, it's evolved. So despite there being chemistry or not, basically? Um, 
I guess you decide yourself if you have the chemistry. I mean, you can say no. Oh, you can't say no. <laughs> you can say no. Oh, you can, you can yeah, yeah, walk yeah. away. You can say, eh, not feeling it, and move on to the 15th person they're introducing you to. But yeah. Okay. Sometimes I think for people that find it difficult to meet someone, it's a great route to take. But then your family have to be connected in the community as well. I see. For that to happen. And, and, and how do you find Tinder? I don't use it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't meet my objectives. Well, it's meeting. a bit of a well, yeah, it's a, a swipe a, for the night, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're on. Is there? Are there not any other ways of you know uh, making friends on an app? I think um, on an app, probably without, without I mean, the pressure. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's exactly why I don't use apps anymore because the agenda's already set. You're either on a date or you're having a hookup. It's not really anything more than that. And that's not really my bag. No. It's much so, nicer to meet somebody naturally. Absolutely. It's much more fun. Through and, and people have lost the art of conversation. You know, they'd much rather swipe right on you than say hello to you in a bar. Right. Crazy. But, you know, chances are if you meet someone at a bar or at a party or through a friend, there'll be someone. For me, certainly, I've met better people. Okay. Better people, people I connect with. Yes. <laughs> More through friends, yeah, than, than on an app. Any Spanish men? Uh, one last year, mm-hmm. <laughs> which Go- is lovely. Through an app, actually, weirdly enough. Great. Um, but no, I do have Spanish friends. You do? I yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so- they all speak great English. Oh, do they? <laughs> so you're practicing your, uh, your English? Yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> I'm helping them perfect theirs. Okay, okay. But now you're, you're, you're one of your intentions is to learn Spanish. Yeah, year. yeah. Commit to learning Spanish. And through art? Yes, through uh, the Art of Language School. I can't wait to start that. It sounds really cool. Great. Mm. Run by a friend of mine, Stephanie. Mm. So uh, yeah, she's she's uh, highly I highly recommend her her, oh, cool. her courses and and her actually, and uh, typical day in Barcelona for you. Mm. What's your you know what's your go to place or do you have any favorite places in Barcelona that you would? Yeah, I normally hop around cafes. So the Al Sor cafe chain is great to sit and work because I work for myself. So it's nice to be out in the city seeing other human beings are actually there apart from me on my own in my apartment yeah that's so, not easy is it no it's not and it's it's quite it feels quite comfortable to get up and just work in your pajamas all day <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's quite lonely yeah so I, I hop around cafes a lot I'll go for a run typically in the morning go for a run or go to the gym and then um get dressed and go to a cafe and work for a couple of hours um, and then take a break and then find another cafe to go to. So you, you know yeah. the cafes in Barcelona? Yeah, yeah, all the ones with good Wi-Fi. Yes. <laughs> the ones that switch off the Wi-Fi because I don't want you to hang around anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about being an expat? I mean, how do you find it in this city? Because in, in Paris you said it was hard to make friends, but mm. here, being an expat, yeah, any, what are the positives and the, and the negatives of being yeah. an expat in the city? I think the positives are that there are so many other expats that it's easy to build your community here. Mm. Uh, you know, I've had a few friends of friends move here and um, connected them to other people. And I find that people did that for me as well when I came here. Mm. And, you know, invited me to stuff they were going to. Um, I didn't necessarily have to be best of friends with them, but people are generally more open here. I love I love the expat community. Um, and actually, I've, um, I've heard mixed messages about the locals, but I have some great friends that are Catalan. Mm. Um, I've never really had any issues with the Catalans um at all so i find they're quite an open community yeah i really love living here as an expert i feel i feel like 
I feel like I belong, you know. In Paris, I felt like an expat. I felt like I was an, an outsider. outsider. Yeah. Whereas here, I, I really feel like I belong. Okay, good. Mm. Well, uh, we're going to hear more about your experience and we're going to go to another song. And it is Tilted by Christine and the Queens. by Christine and the Queens which she, I think she's very talented actually yeah you like that oh, song uh, as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah? You very listen? creative isn't she very creative she's yeah. very good have you seen her videos yes yes I've seen her perform um, not live I guess but you know do her music live and yeah she's very um, interesting to watch she isn't a usual microphone with a few dancers, artist is she? She's really involved. Very much so. Yeah. Is she yeah. French? Yeah, 
She is French. Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> she speaks French in her, in yeah. her songs. <laughs> so you're listening to Katrina and People on the Grid. And um, we're here today with Razwana Wahid, who is originally from Pakistan, but also London. <laughs> or London, uh, I say London, from the UK, shall yeah, we say. I'm, I'm British, my parents are Pakistani, but I'm British. Yes, yeah. okay, you're British Pakistani. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you uh, basically specialised in leadership. Mm. So, you know, you were talking about how, how did you sort of verge into that? Into sort of, you were training leaders, is that? Yeah, so I basically, I help companies that have newly promoted managers to help lead their team. So typically when someone is promoted to lead a team, they either are really great at their job or they're the most senior in the team. And so they're good at what they do. They may not necessarily what it, what, know what it takes to lead people and manage people. And so they start getting uh, confused over how to delegate um, how do I build trust in my team? How do I get them to all agree on the same thing, to the same vision? How do I coach them? How do I motivate them? Um, how do I resolve conflict between them? Um, and that's es essentially what I go in uh, to teach. And a lot of it is around emotional intelligence, knowing yourself and knowing others. Being empathetic. Yeah, and, and being open and vulnerable and letting your team know that when you don't know what you're doing, letting them know because a team is there to work together, not for you to do everything which a lot of new managers um, confuse their job with, myself included. Mm. When I started leading the team at the PWN, I was doing a lot of stuff myself. And I wrote about this on LinkedIn, that actually it took some of my team coming to me and saying, you know, what you're doing is my job, right? And I was like, oh, okay, maybe you do your job then, I'll just do mine. It took me a while to learn how to delegate. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. delegation is not... Easy, is, is it? No, no. Because often it feels like it's easier to do the job yourself and explain to somebody else how to do the job. Whereas actually, if you take the time to do the explaining, then you never have to do that job again and somebody else can do what they're being paid to do. Mm, exactly. I'm, I've, I've, I've sort of delegated quite a few times to interns. So I, find it, mm. I, find it quite, I find it quite easy to yeah. delegate. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> You're fairly unique in that then, Katrina. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I then have to sort of teach myself, okay, I need to know how to do this. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So don't just pass mm. it on. Very true. Yeah, so uh, yeah. It's, it's also very important to uh, know what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and be involved. Mm. Yeah. So you basically train leaders. Are you working in collaboration with a company that does this? Uh, no. Just you do it by yourself? Own. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. you have, uh, I see, so you've got two websites, I see. Yes. So the other website is about? My personal website. Your personal website, and then there's another website. Yes, Relentless Movement. Yes. Yeah, that is more uh, for the copywriting side of things. So oh. um, I do a lot of writing for coaches and consultants and therapists as well. Nice. Um, so that website is, is really to get some leads in for that. Okay. Part of what I do. Do you find it easy to get leads? Um, I wouldn't say easy, but most of my stuff has been built through referrals. Great. So I find it easy to build trusting relationships. Yes. People um, trust you. Yeah. And then... Um, They'll come to me and say, oh, I have someone who might need what you, what you do. Or recently a friend came to me and said she's applying for a job and can I rewrite her CV and her LinkedIn profile and a cover letter? Because her, her boyfriend, who's my friend, said, Razwan is a writer, she can probably help. Without really knowing what I do, um, so that was really cool. That's great, isn't mm, it? Yeah. That was nice to help someone that I know and love. 
Yeah. And make some money. Yes, <laughs> and make some money. But more, most important. <laughs> yeah. But also, it's quite fun writing somebody else's profile. Yeah, yeah, and I got to know her so much more as a result because, you know, you go through someone's entire CV and it's 80% of their life is, is their career. So I got to know her a lot. And I didn't realize how much she does professionally. So it was really cool. Great. Mm. Now, and the topic of leadership and, and conscious leadership, that mm. particularly came in last year, didn't it? Yeah. With the more sort of humanized side uh-uh. yeah, yeah, of yeah, leadership. Yeah. yeah. So are you specialized in that area or humanizing leadership? I guess, yeah, I'm bringing the human back to the workplace. Um, I used to do a podcast with a friend of mine called Masks Off, bringing the human back into the workplace. Nice. And uh, the idea really is, and when I'm, when I'm working with you know, these managers who want to become leaders, you know, I ask them the question, how much do you want your team to trust you and how much do you want them to like you? And how much do you want them to respect you? Mm. Because a lot of us fight with getting liked as leaders, whereas actually somebody that respects you is likely to follow you over a cliff, whereas Mm. somebody who likes you probably wouldn't. Mm. You know, it's better to be respected, I think, than liked as a leader. Mm. Because when you're respected, you know, your um, your your judgments are respected, too, and your, your decisions are respected as well. And people are more likely to follow you, like I said, over a cliff. Mm-hmm. Which is a line from Scandal. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and being able to talk to your boss as well. Yeah. Being approachable. Absolutely. You know, that people yeah. aren't afraid to say what they feel. Mm. I think that's very important. I absolutely agree. <laughs> yeah, building that trust is really important. Yeah, and po- you said podcasting. How long did you do that for, the podcast? Uh, I think it was about 18 months, I reckon. Yeah, and then my, my podcast partner, his uh, his work life blew up in a good way. And uh, it's on hold at the moment. But you like doing the podcast. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we got to meet some really interesting people. It's who, a good know, way. Written, yeah, written books about uh, change and leadership and you know emotional intelligence. And especially through the whole Me Too thing that was happening. It was really cool to get opinions um, from, from those people. But actually, after a while, because we were interviewing people that generally shared our view of the world, it became a little bit too uh, one-dimensional for me. So it would be really cool to interview some people that have a completely different opinion, mm. just to kind of see how that conversation would go. Yeah, but debate. yeah, because the Me Too again. I mean, we were, you know, we were talking about, you know, women's sort of supporting each other, but it's also important for the men to understand the women. Yeah, and vice versa. Yeah. So yeah. it is about you know being supportive on both sides. Absolutely. I think that um, we were saying earlier that. If you have 80% of, of the leaders in the world um, and, and they're all men, uh, as a woman or even as a minority, uh, you can't expect to climb that ladder without A, understanding that majority and B, that majority understanding you. Mm-hmm. And for every man that is against uh, women or minorities being in leadership, there's 10 more that are. And they're the kind of men that I would want to be in conversation with who want to understand why is it that, um, you know, somebody who is an expat struggles to put themselves forward for a leadership role? Or why is it that women don't speak up much in meetings or an understanding why they're not seeing their talent progress in the company? Um, are people holding themselves back because they think their gender is holding them back or is it something else? Mm. And there are a lot of empathetic male leaders. We just need to give them a voice. Yes, exactly. I was listening to Madonna earlier talking when she won an award mm. and she was talking about sort of being the the, the female, yeah. sort of, you know, men putting her down and, yeah. you know, and she really sort of made a point of... Like, yeah, in the entertainment industry. It's in the entertainment problem, industry, isn't it? very much so. Women are very much manipulated and exploited. 
Yes. By powerful but, men. Yes. Mm. So do you think women ha- have more sort of, you know, in touch and, and, and empathy and, and emotional intelligence than men? What would you say? Um, I think biologically, both genders are geared to have and develop their emotional intelligence. We're just raised in different ways. Mm. You know, boys are told not to talk about their feelings. You know, boys don't cry. Um, that sort of stuff when you hear growing up as a, uh, you know, as a boy and then becoming a man. I think we're socially conditioned uh, for women to be nurturing because biologically we, we are as well. And, and men are socially conditioned to not talk about their feelings because women will just talk about their feelings all day. Mm. And then you grow up and get into a workplace and you know, as a man, you, you bottle up your feelings and as a woman, uh, you're told that you're ridiculous if you cry in a meeting. And it all becomes very confused. So I think we both, both genders have the capacity to be emotionally intelligent um, and lead in different ways. But I think currently, uh, unfortunately, the stereotype of leadership is that male, strong, um, arc, you know, alpha male leadership that is that is uh, widely accepted and female leadership that's a bit more nurturing isn't. But I think the tide's turning, or at least it's starting to turn. Yeah, we, we can look at, I mean, who do you, but you could look at leaders of today like I mean Theresa May <laughs> she, she's I mean she's very <laughs> persistent isn't she she's very persistent um and I just when I look at Theresa May as a leader I just find that she seems to be very confused if I listen to her in an interview it's like somebody told her to repeat a few key phrases over and over again and don't say anything else and when she starts speaking and she repeats those key phrases over and over again, I feel like, is there something else she wants to say mm. that we will probably respect her for if she says it? Exactly. You know? And she's, she's, I mean, she's in between a rock and a hard place. She's fighting a very, very difficult fight. Anyone in her shoes would struggle, I think, um, with the party in the state it's in. And the fact that she was against it before she even went in and <laughs> right. took that role. That probably has a lot to do with it too. <laughs> exactly. We're going to go to another song. We're going to hear more about you as a leader of the Barcelona... Sorry, the uh, PWN. Professional Women's Network. Professional yeah. Women's Network.
So that was Every Time the Sun Comes Up. And we're and that was Sharon Van Etten. And we are listening to People on the Grid. When my name is Katrina and we're here today with Razwana, who is talking about her experience in leadership, conflict management, and also being uh, leadership and also being the leader or president of PWN, which is, you know, a global network for women. Yeah. Not just women. Not just women. So <laughs> tell us about uh, your role and about mm. the PWN. So the PWN is an organization that effectively um, helps to develop gender balance and diversity in leadership. Uh, we're in 31 different cities in Europe and South America. And we are called the Professional Women's Network, but we do involve men as well, as we were talking about earlier. It's important to have both genders working together. And of course, we look at diversity too. So diversity isn't just diversity in genders, it's diversity in age, in sexual orientation, in socioeconomic background, you know, personal life choices, all that stuff. Everybody, no matter where they come from and what they've done, must be treated equally in business, which is, which is what our belief is. So um, we collaborate with companies that have... Um, diversity on their agenda uh, we'll create lots of um, research and reporting on how that's developing in the business world and here in Barcelona we have a lot of events that we uh, either use to teach people uh, to develop their leadership skills or negotiation skills um, you know how to grow your career um, how to negotiate your salary um, you know, especially for people that maybe think that they um, don't belong in the leadership team because they don't see people like them in the leadership team. Mm -hmm. uh, what we do is quite important. And of course, um, it's a platform for local people in corporate companies to network with each other. Right. Because most networking here is geared at um, expats in general, so it's social stuff, or freelancers, or the startup scene is huge. There isn't anything much for the international corporate community, so we are part of that niche. Really. Right. So mm. you collaborate with these corporates, do you? Yes. Yeah, we do. And it's vol it's a voluntary group. It is. Yeah, all of us are volunteers. Okay. And how many are on the committee? How many? Uh, there's eleven of us in the team. Mm -hmm. For the board, and the rest are part of the executive team. Okay. Uh, and we're growing still, so we have at least three more roles to fill in the executive team, and then we have maybe about ten more roles to fill in the individual teams as well. Wow. Yeah. And do people pay a subscription to be part of the PWN? Yeah, to be a member, you pay 120 euros uh, for 12 months. Although this month in January, we have a 20% discount on that. Okay. So it's a January offer. And then, um, and that's if you join as an individual member, as a premium member. And then if you join with your company, then your company pays a fee and the fee varies depending on what services we offer the company. But typically a company will come and become a corporate partner um, and they will receive um, a, a certain number of um, individual memberships uh, that their, their employees have access to our mentoring program. Uh, we go into the company and we give them training on the benefits of having a diverse team. Because most people don't really understand why, why should we have uh, diversity in our in our teams in general, not just leadership? And and the argument is that you know companies are more profitable and more productive when you have different people from different backgrounds leading the company, and not just dare I say old white men. Old white men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're bringing in diversity and with you know people from different backgrounds, and also you know bringing people together you know, hit from corporates and, and your people, mm. the, the women's network. So mm -hmm. um, 
So in collaboration, sort of learning from each other. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you get for the membership? You get how many, is, it a, is there events every month? Mm. Yeah, so we have two events a month. Uh, so when you're a member, you're invited to our monthly networking drinks that happen on the second Tuesday of every month. And they will have an event a month, uh, which is either a panel discussion or a workshop um, you know, talking about diversity and inclusion in the workplace. Um, and then you also have access to our global network. So I mentioned we're, we're in 31 different cities. We have 3,500 members globally. So if you want to be traveling and meeting people, you can do that through our, our network, our platform. And also if you're traveling to other cities where the PWN exists you can also enter those events as well for free as a premium member great how many members mm. in Barcelona we have around 80 perfect yeah so we, we're, we're growing this year but thanks yeah. thanks to you being the the, the president <laughs> and the team working really and the team hard. working yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've got a good team on board I do my team are phenomenal they are far more intelligent than me far more capable than me and I love that <laughs> yeah you, you, it's a bit like playing tennis isn't it if you've got to play Tennis with somebody who's better than you. Yeah, absolutely. To up your game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, Roswana. Thanks for having me, Katrina. And uh, you know, it's been. I think you are, you know, a leader in your own in your own right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we will hear more. And if people want to find out more about the PWN, how can they? contact yeah um well you can either um, go to pwnbarcelona.net that's the website or you can email me so that's president at pwnbarcelona.net to find out more wonderful and i'm going to leave you today with a song again chosen by Razwana, foo fighters times like these and thank you for listening in and tune in next saturday at four o'clock
like these you learn to love again It sounds like these time and time